Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnout? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed? Or maybe it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up. Then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations. Hello, and welcome to today's Control the Chaos conversation. And we're going to be talking about how to clone yourself. And I know for me as a teacher, uh, cloning myself was really helpful. And as a coach, cloning myself when I'm in multiple buildings trying to support multiple different peoples um, can really help teachers that are in need. And so when we say clone ourselves, what we're talking about is using video in the classroom. And When I first started using video, um, everything had to be perfect. And I would spend hours and hours on my videos. And so it wasn't effective use of my time because I thought I couldn't just send it out if I made an error or made something that was incorrect. And so then I've learned over the past couple of years that you can kind of make it a game. And so if you do mess up, maybe you can ask the students, can you catch the air? And then they're watching very, very um, strictly into your video and trying to figure out what air did you make? Or I've even had teachers, I mean, I don't have any pets, but their dog starts barking. The kids love it. Like, don't edit that stuff out because they want to see the real you. And um, I think that's like where a lot of people get stuck with video is how long it just takes them to make a video. And I also know at the start of using video in my classroom, it was really frustrating. I would have students that watched the video and then they would come up to me at maybe my back table or somewhere in the room and ask for help, (laughs) even though the video answered their question. And um, at first I would just tell them the answer, which is not a good (laughs) procedure, right, Tara? Like I have probably learned that the hard way. Yeah, because I spent all this time making this video and then they would come up and ask me the same question that was answered in the video. And then I would ask them, like, did you watch the video? And they're like, yeah. And I believe them because I was young and, you know, not very good. (laughs) um, What I quickly learned was they watched the video with their eyes, but they weren't listening. They weren't pausing. They weren't. Um, taking a moment to really look into the video. And so when I started to dive deeper into this and I'm like, I thought my video instructions were pretty good. Like, why why are there so many questions? Um, My students were watching the video because I didn't teach them how to watch the video. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, are their headphones not working? You know, like all these different things. But Once you teach kids how to watch videos and you don't answer their questions and you tell them to go back and rewatch, it's amazing at what they can do. I, I love that you said like you still answered their question because it just reminds me of like teachers and they tell kids to raise their hands and then the kids get out of their seat anyway to come ask a question and they answer the question and then tell them to go back to their seat. That's same thing. You answered their question and then tell them to go back and watch the video. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so then they never watched the video because I was always providing the answer for my students. And so I became frustrated. They became less frustrated, maybe <laughs> doing more of the work. And so what I learned is that video does work in the classroom. It just, it's a hard procedure to teach students. Um, especially if you are one that like wants to give them help right away, you're, you know, like if you're like me, that was just like, oh, they're not getting, I need to help them. No, I needed to allow them to actually use their resources and problem solve. <laughs> but I, I gotta add like your videos, since you said that you were not good at it, but you're so good at it now. And there's so many more ways, like just even outside, like as a coach, your videos work. Cause I remember sending you an email one day and asking you some tech question and you responded with a video and it was in with like within like five minutes, I had a video and it was probably didn't take you five minutes, but it just, you immediately had that build up of emails of people probably just like me that ask that same question over and over again. And then you were able to give such a quick response. So it's also like time, right? We talk about effective use of our time and that's one way as you start to build that um, com compile all those videos, then you start to create time for yourself as one of the positive things that come out of it, because you could have 14 people send you an email, ask you a question or 14 students. If you're a teacher, ask you a question and the video is already ready so you don't have to go back through it and explain it every single time and now you have just say even if it's just a minute answer you've just saved yourself 14 minutes right to be able to work one-on-one -on -one with a kid or work with a teacher if you're a coach or all those things like there's so many things i can think of that i could really do with 14 minutes in my classroom if i didn't answer 14 questions yeah. And so going back to kind of like why I use videos, again, saving time is a huge, huge reason. Um, but another problem that I had was recess. And I, I talk about this story often. So you might have heard it if you are a regular listener um, is recess was drama. <laughs> My students would come <laughs> back and I would have all of these issues that I had to listen to and solve. Um, and what was happening is it was affecting maybe three to five students in my class. And all the other students were just kind of sitting there reading a book quietly, or sometimes they weren't. Um, but we'll like to think that they're sitting there quietly, right? Like as a teacher. <laughs> um, but typically that was not the case. And so when it came to recess, I decided after recess, my students would come in and watch a video from me and that... I would be able to deal with the social emotional issue that happened during recess. And it, it began to change my classroom um, instruction because it was really amazing. My students who were coming in from recess got the instruction in like a quick five to 10 minute video. You want them to be quick. 10 minutes is a little bit on the long side. You do not want it to be more than 15 minutes. So 15 minutes is like your max length on video instruction. And if it is have to be that long, you want to do like quick playlist type videos like this concept and this concept and this concept. 
Um, and so what I did is I started to make those videos. And then after the video, they would work on a problem set type of activity that would kind of go over what they learned in the video, um, just with different questions and different um, math problems that we were working on. And then the kids that were coming in from their social emotional lesson with me from recess, uh, they watched the video and it allowed that self pacing in my classroom to start to occur. And I was able to check in with students and give them feedback instead of taking home a lot of work. So just because some students were finishing that independent practice, they were able to check in with me and get that feedback. When my students coming in from recess who are still struggling, they started to watch the video and then it just kind of created this nice little self-paced classroom um, where I was able to help and work with different students. So that social emotional piece is huge because sometimes your students come in and they're dealing with whatever issue from home. They're dealing with whatever happened on the bus. They're dealing with whatever happened on recess. And because I was able to clone myself by video, I was able to meet their needs. I was less upset. They were less upset because I could give them the attention that they needed compared to I have to teach this direct instruction lesson to the whole class and then I can deal with you. Um, they were able to get that assistance right away. And we all know like half of those problems that occur if we we don't have time to get to. Like ultimately, we we would love to be able to share ourselves around all the time, but there's so many times we can't because we have a pace of a curriculum that we're expected to have. Like your content coaches send out like this is what we have to get through for the week, right? Or um, or your administrators or whoever it is that leads that curriculum piece within your district, and so you're expected to keep this pace and also meet the social emotional learning needs of students, and then also be able to keep the lessons engaging and keep their attention and teach them all the skills that, you know, they need to move on to the next grade. So all of those weights on a teacher's shoulder can build up. And then you now it's the time of year where you're writing professional goals and you have diversity in the classroom and that you're learning to handle each day. And there's all kinds of like variables that are happening in the classroom all day long. And this is one of those things that could help you get to more of those variables, address more, have more time for engagement, more time for social emotional. So it goes back to that time ultimately, right? Like that's what you were just saying. This gave you time to be able to meet so many other needs. So, so awesome. I'm, I'm so excited. Now tell us about the tools, like, because I kind of suck at this, to be quite honest. Like I've made a couple videos in Wii video, but I'm really not that good at it. And I'm not even sure if I was using the right thing. And, you know, we, we did some videos virtually and, um, they, they probably weren't very good when I did videos virtually when we were COVID. So tell us what our tools and how to and how to create some of this content that you're amazing at. Yeah, so some of the top tools, again, you can use pretty much almost anything that lets you record. But my favorite tools are Screencastify. 
um, which is an extension. And you just add it to your Chrome browser and then you can just hit record and you can quickly record and it saves to your Google Drive. You can also upload it to YouTube. Um, I personally like to upload it to YouTube because of some of the accessibility features that it has compared to Google Drive. Like I can add closed captions so students can follow along with me as I'm speaking. And I'm also able to allow my students to speed up the, um, the video or they can slow it down. So those are really good things that I like to use is just kind of those. And also in YouTube, you can add um, like timestamps. So I can potentially add, hey, at this point in the video, I'm going to talk about this and kids can click right to that part and listen to just that part. I use that a lot when I'm doing professional learning and the video might be an hour long session. Um, and I might just kind of split it up to different sections. So if you don't need that first part of the section, you just hop to where you need. But that kind of comes with time. Like, don't do that right away. Uh, you want your students to be able to kind of have ownership of their learning before you get to that piece. And they also need to be very reflective learners. Another one is Loom. So Loom is another Chrome extension that you can use. You could use WeVideo, which is a website. Um, you can use iMovie. You can also use QuickTime. So, so many different ways that you can record. Another way is on Amazon. Um, they're like $70, which I don't think is too bad. It's called an Okio Cam. And with the Okio Cam, it is like a document camera. It's like amazing. And you can travel with it because it's so small. And what you can do if you're a math teacher or if you're trying to highlight or do something so the students can see an actual piece of paper, it would record that piece of paper. So instead of recording you, it can record that piece of paper and you're able to upload that. And it's gonna capture your voice as you're explaining those different concepts. So really it depends on like, what is your purpose? But again, if you're gonna be using a lot of paper, like I was when I taught math and I wanted my kids to see me solve the problem step-by-step, step, I just went ahead and spent $70 on that Okio cam and it was what I used in my classroom because it was just so easy for my students to follow along with. And it was super easy to record and it just made life easier. <laughs> and I, I guess I have to say $70 to buy yourself time is, is well money spent, right? Like well worth the $70 to, to spend that and buy yourself time in your classroom to be able to work with kiddos. Yeah, it was very well. And usually like a school district might buy it for you or PTO. So definitely check those options as well. Um, and then the next step are kind of thinking about like, what do you need to have in order to create content? So what are those key ingredients that make a really good video? Um, the first thing is opening with a question. That way the students kind of know what the focus is for the video. What are you even talking about? What is the focus for that video? If you are virtual and your students do not see you or they're watching this for homework, I would highly suggest your faces in the video. That way it adds that personal touch. Now, if you're walking around the room, that's probably not as much needed, but if you are virtual in that kind of setting, or if you are um, having your students watch it for homework, make sure that video is on there with your face smiling and kind of giving different um, reactions to your students. Um, I was watching a, I think it was 
kindergarten teacher who was recording a video and she had like music playing and she was just dancing and singing. And I was just thinking like how much her kids would love it. Like I felt like I was in her classroom because she was just teaching the way that she normally teaches. The only difference was she hit record. Um, but it was just so much fun to kind of see her just being her on video. Guided notes or embedded questions are the next thing. These allow your students to kind of engage with the video. This can also be good for you. So that way you know, hey, did they watch the video or did they not? And what's kind of funny with this is um, I was working with a second grade class and I made the videos like two weeks before we did the lesson. And I put in there a key, like a secret password and it was pickles. And all of these kids started coming up to me and they're like, Miss Howe, pickles. And I was like, what are they? Like, I forgot that I did that in my video. <laughs> And they, they just told me, and then they sat down, because that's what I told them to do. I said, come up to me, say the word pickles, go sit down. And they're all <laughs> whispering it to me. And I was like, what is going on? And then finally, I think I asked one of the kids, like, why are you guys telling me pickles? They're like, you told us to do that in your video. And I was like, oh, yeah. But like, remember if you do that. Um, but it made for a really great story now, because at the time, I was just like, what are they doing? Um, so and, were you pregnant when you made that word up? No, it was last school year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and like, but it's just fun. Just pick, you know, random words that you can just say as like a password or if you make an error, Hey, can you spot my error? And they have to come tell you. Uh, and again, it takes maybe three seconds for them to get up. It gives them a little bit of break when the video is over, but it's just fun for them to do. Another thing that I've learned with littles is if they're going to need paper and pencils or any material manipulatives, have them pause the video, get up and go get those materials and then unpause the video because their minds, they need to like, there's too many steps or different directions running through their mind. So just reminding them, hey, you can pause, go get those materials and then let's unpause and watch the video um, has helped. So just kind of different ways like that. You can also use Edpuzzle and add your video in there and then add questions within. Uh, Screencastify also does that if you have the paid version. Um, have limited text. You want to add photos. You want your videos to be very visual and you want kind of to show all of those different photos. What I like to do is when I'm making a video is kind of make like stop motion. <laughs> so when I'm thinking stop motion for my videos, every single slide will have maybe one bullet point. And then I add another slide below it, add the second bullet point, the third. And so when I'm clicking through, the text is slowly popping up, the images are popping up as I'm talking about it. And it just makes for your video to go very smoothly. You can use animations. I just found that it slowed down my workflow. And so what I did is I just command D and then I just add the next part. part. Command D, add the next part. Command D, add the next part. And it just made my video run a lot smoother. Um, but again, you can use kind of whatever you need to do if you need things to pop in and out. But having those photos can help students really visualize what you're talking about um, in their videos. And it allows for that kind of multi-sensory approach where they are hearing your voice, they're seeing it, and they're also able to see that text. And then if you have them using manipulatives or taking guided notes, you also have that piece as well. Um, so there are a lot of pieces to creating a really good video, but if you are just starting off, focus on maybe one part. 
So maybe you start with just a question and you just start with that to engage your learners at the start of it. Um, and then at the very end, I like to also recap it. What did we learn about? You just quickly summarize it for students on just, hey, this is what we talked about today. And then you can move on to the next part. Sounds like a lot. It is a lot, but it it's is worth lot. your time. <laughs> I know. But you know what? It Starting off, and I know that we'll get to that, is like if so, if you're a newbie, Okay, so I guess I'm going to lead into this one, this topic first. If you're a newbie, how like there, you just gave a lot of information, lots of tools, lots of ways to um, creating content. And if you're just starting out, like for me, I don't do a lot of videos. I do a video here and there. So I could be completely overwhelmed. But how do you get started? Like how, what would, for a newbie like me or somebody else that's just getting started with this, what are some of the things that you, advice that you could give them after, you know, explaining all those tools and creating that content? Yeah, as a newbie, I would just set yourself maybe some type of goal. Okay, do you want to record once a week and just hit the record button? Don't even think about maybe all of those different pieces, because I think as a teacher, those will just naturally come in. You have to think like you're just teaching to your class. You ask questions during a lesson. Um, you usually, you know, when you are doing a mini lesson or something, you might be doing notes with students. Um, typically there's slides already. So just kind of teach like you are in real life and all you're doing is hitting that record button. And so <clears throat> just kind of try it. And again, keep it short, keep it between maybe two to three minutes where you're just going over one example of something and try it in your classroom. Also, if you're not really using video at all, maybe you pick a YouTube video and you start there. Find someone else that did a really good job with all those different things and have them um, teach your class and use that to kind of start. But once you get going with video, your first couple are going to be awful, just like our podcast um, started, right? Like it was probably awkward at the beginning and now it just kind of flows. So the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with being on the screen, um, the easier it gets and the faster you get it at it as well. So it might take you a couple um, more minutes to create your template. But then once you have that template, you can make a copy of it and you just change your content and then you just hit record. Also, you wanna try to keep in mind to make it very uh, general, like don't say um, any holidays, don't say anybody's students' names because you mm. wanna be able to reuse those videos. And that to me was kind of hard in the coaching aspect because someone will ask for something and I'm like, hey, I can make a quick video. And I would make the quick video and I'd add their name to it. <clears throat> well, then I felt like I couldn't reuse it for another teacher. Like, yeah, it sounded great. And it was very personal because I'd be like, hey, Tara. Um, and I really started to connect with her. But then I was not able to reuse that video with someone else who had a very similar or the same question. Um, so you want to keep that in mind for your own self. Like, don't mention whatever year it is. Just kind of go along with what you're teaching and leave those parts out. 
Sounds like a plan. I'm ready to get started. I'm thinking about right now some videos that I need to make for new teachers. Yeah. <laughs> so I have some bank of them because we have so many new teachers. We do. That's where I'm going to get started. Yeah. Because like every year we talk about how to how to chart progress. And so that will be good a good place to start for me as a coach. So, okay. Now we've created the videos. We've, you know, taken our time. We're a newbie. We're getting started. Something that I keep repeating myself in over and over again. I'm recording that. Something I'm comfortable with. And now for students... How are we teaching? Because you mentioned multiple times um, a roadblock that the students didn't really know how to watch a video. And that appeared to be a, one of your roadblocks in the beginning. So you didn't say it was a roadblock, but then kind of, in other words, you said it was a roadblock that students weren't watching the video correctly. And that seems like such a common, like, you just watch the video, right? Like, you just press play. So um, tell me more about how you taught your students how to watch the video. Yeah, that was definitely a roadblock, um, was teaching the kids how to watch a video. And again, if you're a newbie, you might do this with just a YouTube video that is already out there. You might even not use this with your own video, um, but it's just teaching the kids how to hit pause. I think they know it's there and I think adults know it's there, but how many times do you hit that button when you're trying to learn a skill? And so just reminding them that, Hey, this is how you hit pause when you need to just pause and take notes. Um, I would also, we talked about it using guided notes or sketch notes or embedded questions within, but just for students to take notes as well, where they have like a pencil and a piece of paper and that way they can draw what they're learning. They can, uh, fill in the blanks as they're learning it or whatever they need to do. That just kind of helps them think about the information and process that information. Teaching them how to rewind. So teaching them how to go back into the video. Um, just the other day I was with a teacher and I was so proud of her. It was the same teacher that I worked with um, in second grade and the kids came up to us about pickles. Um, <laughs> she had a video and this was not one that she made. She had a video and it was in a puzzle and the kid came up to her and he goes, this wasn't in the video. And it was like a question that was right in a puzzle, the embedded question. And she did not give him the answer. Like I was just kind of, I'm like, I'm just going to watch to see what happens here. She did not give him the answer. And I'm so proud of her because I'm like, I probably would have. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> what she did is she told the students, you're going to need to go back and rewind. And you're going to need to re-listen to that section right here because it's probably gonna tell you what you need for that question. Um, and so then the student went back to his seat, he did it and he didn't come back up. And so that was, I thought, amazing for that teacher because I mean, for me again, that was always a weakness of mine. I was always like, oh, here's the answer. Like, and then I would maybe just kind of keep on going. But that student is now learning to rewind and maybe next time he won't need to remind as much because he's able to say, okay, I need to really focus um, while I'm taking notes or while I'm drawing this out. And then after that, maybe you practice together as a class. So you play the video whole group and you walk through with your students how to pause, how to rewind, how to take notes. And you just walk them through that whole process can really help as well um, for your students. 
so many positives, very few roadblocks when you really think about how many positives you you get out of it. Is there any last quick tips that you can share with us um, about how to get started or tools or anything? I That one quick tip about the holidays, I never would have thought about that. That's super great. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to mind my P's and Q's when I record my video because I sometimes say like in the fall or in the morning or I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, I think one big tip is naming protocols. Once you start creating videos, you want to make sure that you start naming them with the standard or the lesson. Um, because then going back, it can be very, very confusing. And you have to rewatch all those videos to be like, what did I talk about? Um, so that's a big one is those naming protocols. Because once you start hitting record and you see the investment with your students, you won't want to stop. Um, I know that was for me. And so then now I have over, I mean, just for coaching, I think I have over 400 videos. And if I did not name those, it's harder for me to go back and send that same video to another teacher. Um, and so that was like a big thing that I would kind of suggest. Also start being reflective about your videos. Is there multiple students after you teach them the procedures that maybe struggled with a concept or struggled with something, and maybe that's a video that you remake. So maybe if there are multiple questions or something, and you're like, I know for sure these kids watched it and it was me, then take note of that and maybe you remake the video. Um, also, towards my the spring, I started to let students create the videos and they loved them. <laughs> um, and so that, that group of kids, they're now like seniors but they ran like ed puzzle groups. They did like all of these different things in my classroom. So if you have a kid that really loves video, have them make the video if they're able to. Um, mm -hmm. And that can kind of save you time as well. And it's fun for those kids because they really enjoy it um, too. That's amazing. Thank you so much for all the video cloning myself. I'm going to get started sometime today on adding some videos 400. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot. It is easier when you, I mean, right. last year I had to be in 10 places. And so one of the goals I was like, I'm going to make everything that I have a video instruction because it's easier for me to make a video than to type an email or written district like directions yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, but some people are the opposite. Some people can write it out, but for me, that just takes longer and more brain power than to just hit record. <laughs> 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 all right well thank you so much can't wait to clone myself can't wait to hear about you guys cloning yourself so if you have a video um share it on twitter with us tell us about your cloning of yourself and like subscribe and share an episode if you like what you heard today and until next time control the chaos thanks for listening to control the chaos edu check out the description for show notes we look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos until next time.